welcome back to Hour 2 of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. We've got our uh, guest Blair Dunn here with us, and I totally forgot to mention, we still got John Block on the phone. Hey, John. Um, hey, how's it going? Good. <clears throat> forgot about him there for a minute. Sorry about that, John. Oh, you're great. <laughs> You wouldn't believe how much stuff I'm doing at the same time here, John. I don't know if you know it or not, but I produce the show myself. And if you're watching on video, you can see just a little fraction of what I'm doing. <laughs> it's wow. I'm, it's becoming muscle so memory. Good for you. You're yeah. doing a good job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good. And uh, and then I, uh, like I mentioned before the break, I had my friend Melanie uh, kind of just sitting off there as a spectator today, but she had something that uh, she wanted to add to the conversation. I said, well, Melanie, just come on over here, and and uh, I got an extra mic. Just come sit in, and you know, I knew she couldn't resist it. <laughs> hey, so... <laughs> You're irresistible. It, I know. <laughs> so, um... Anyway, I uh, for those of you that are listening to the uh, to the encore presentation on KDAZ Radio ninety six point nine FM AM seven hundred, just want to let you know you're listening to the live stream recording from Friday morning, uh, in which we go from nine a.m. to twelve noon, and that's on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Rumble. And uh, the easiest way to get to the live stream is to just go to freedomspeaknm.com. That's kind of a one stop. You go there. You can click on the Rumble link, and it'll take you to the Rumble channel, and then you can click on the show at the very top, which will be the live stream. And then, you know, also on the webpage, you can listen to the radio replays of any of the previous shows, even back before we were doing video. And uh, you can listen to Becca's monologues. You can check out the resource page. Um, um, you can even send me a, a note through the webpage, even if you want to. You can do all kinds of stuff there. Uh, so anyway... So we're back, and uh, so Melanie, you had a comment to make about our what we were talking about in the first hour. So, I, tell why don't you mention what you what you were thinking about? Well, you were talking about the and you can scoot over that way a little bit so oh. people can see you a little better. Okay, do I have to do something with this mic? Yeah, yeah, you can, ah, you hey, can. Hey, to you. <laughs> and just get real close to it. Okay, so you were talking about the religion of science. No, religion of silence. Silence. Not yes. science. That's a false religion, too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but, um, the religion of silence. And I think what's really interesting these days is that what is trying to be accomplished is flipping the idea of what is real on its head so that we no longer understand what it means for something to be real and not to be real. That yeah. we, just by saying that it's so, we can make something be real that's not. And that pre prepares us for living in this metaverse mm -hmm. where nothing that's actually real is real. And whatever we think is real becomes real. And um, so I think that's an important thing to discuss. Yeah. What, what does it mean for something to be real hmm. and not imagined, to be factual and not just made up. Well, it kind of goes into the thing that I've talked about before about uh, about facts, and it's mm -hmm. like where where you'll you've started hearing people say, "Oh, well, that's your facts." Well, no, if it's a fact, that means it's it's proven and it's a fact for everyone. You know, there are no different sets of facts for different people. You know, I don't know when we started getting into this mentality of thinking that facts are somehow 
subjective. Wait, you, you know, mean, I can't have my own truth? <laughs> I guess you can if you want to, but not everybody has to accept it. Well, that's kind of the point, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this goes with what's happening now with AI, right? Because AI can create a whole new set of facts. Somebody can be proven to have been there who wasn't actually there mm-hmm. or to not have been there who was actually there. So how do we even know, like in a court of law, what the facts are? Because with AI, facts can be restructured, recreated. Oh, well, they can. You know, uh, the the other uh, couple weeks ago, I uh, played uh, a fake Joe Rogan segment, okay, in which the uh, the guy that actually helped develop the uh, the the AI also got faked on there. So there was a fake conversation between a fake Joe, Joe Rogan and a fake uh, AI developer. Mm-hmm. And you listened to it, and then I played that and compared it to an actual uh, Joe Rogan segment, and it sounded exactly the same. I mean, mm-hmm. right down, not only did the voice sound perfect, but the, the, the kind of the inflection of how the person talks also perfectly matched. And... You know, we've also seen in which how they can create fake images. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's done on Hall. It's been doing. They've been doing it on Hollywood movies for a while. Right. And like a lot of these video games, I think they're intentionally made to be a little bit less realistic, especially on like the violent uh, video games. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. where they're battle video games. Uh, I think they intentionally make them look less realistic, but I believe that they have the ability to make them look totally realistic. I think you're going to see a lot of that now going on for the campaign for 2024. You're going to see a lot of fake videos of Trump saying stuff that is totally not him at all and that they can actually do and that they can imitate his voice, his actions, Mm -hmm. everything. So what is going to be real? What's going to be real? That's right. So because there's that idea if you tell a person or a society something enough times, then they'll believe it. People start to question their own knowing about what is true, what is not true, what's a fact, what's not a fact. What did their own eyes see, right? We're being trained to question what we think is real. You know, that whole idea of the emperor having no clothes and having a whole town of people agree that he did when he didn't. Mm -hmm. We're being trained to agree when somebody tells us that the emperor had no clothes. Yeah, and you'll have the ministry of truth tell you exactly. true. That's right. The Ministry of Reality and Yeah, and that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much all, all it is, right? Like, they're trying to make this this society or this culture of disbelief in order for us to either believe what's not there or be so scared that we are looking at something that's not true and that's further cultivating this kind of lack of truth. Like you were saying in the opening, Becca, you know, with all these people in the gender and then all that stuff, people are just being concocted into this giant mess of a so-called society that just aims to confuse people, and it's a culture of confusion. So no wonder people are just sharing all these fake images on Twitter, and no wonder all these people are using AI for bad purposes. That is what this culture has been cultivating and brewing for years, and I think right now we're at an inflection point. Mm. Very mm. true. No, you're right. I, I, 
I think uh, that, like I mentioned, that the floodgates are open uh, in that, and I mean the floodgates are certainly open on the border too. Um, but <laughs> that right. you know, I, I remember on my very first show that I did on KDAZ, I I started my my very first show. I had Greg Zanetti on with me, and I talked on my opening monologue. I had an opening monologue that lasted almost forty five minutes, and I went into basically talking about the the downfall of civilization and how that happens and I went into and by the way if you guys haven't heard that one I, that monologue's awesome as a matter of fact Greg Zinni was blown away by it too he says oh my gosh it's like that was amazing you covered everything and it's like but I, but I tell well, you know one of the the major reasons for the downfall of the Roman Empire which lasted for I believe thousands of years mm-hmm. um, was that the 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 barbarians basically came in. And they got they went everywhere. They didn't respect the laws and customs of the Roman Empire. They didn't they didn't respect the the authority of the Roman Empire. And as a result, that spread uh, because these people that were strangers came in and didn't understand the customs or customs or even care about them. And eventually everything started to fall apart because there was no unity anymore. And it's like I hear a lot of people talking about unity nowadays, um, but. It was that's what that was the beginning of the end for the Roman Empire. And what's happening right now on our southern border, and probably on other borders too, it's just they don't talk about it. But what's happening is you have you basically have the barbarians flooding in at the borders, okay? Um, and that's no insult to the people coming in. That's just simply that's that's in pa- in the past that's how people that are invaders from someplace else, these people don't First of all, they don't respect our laws. Okay, they're they're sneaking across the border, breaking our immigration laws. Okay, right off the bat, they're a criminal because they're breaking breaking immigration laws. They're sneaking across the border uninvited. Most of them probably don't even speak English. They didn't go through the process to to understand the founding of the country, to understand the Constitution, or or learn our language, or or the kind of common things that made us the 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 successful melting pot that we are, none of that, they don't care about any of that stuff. Right. They, they don't respect our laws. And then we have, and we talked about that, we have a out-of-control government that, in my, ca- in my opinion, took over our country by a coup back in 2020 through um, fraudulent um, voting. Um, you know, they... This is the thing that gets me about CNN on on that thing. It's like the the idiots, the talking heads after that were talking about how oh well Trump he just believes this conspiracy theory uh, theory that you know there was a it was a stolen election and all of that and, and it's like he probably shouldn't use those words. He should probably use different words uh, because they've 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 basically taken that that stolen election thing and they and they've they've started using it. Um, so you probably need to explain it in a different way. But there are numerous things that happened during the 2020 election, which would bl- lead you any 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 sane person to believe that there was a significant number of fraudulent votes. First of all, I mean, there were some irregularities in voting machines. There were numerous people that came out that were experts that proved that mm-hmm. they they were open to being hacked. Uh, a lot of them were online. And and then there was the movie Ten Thousand Mules. I mean, come on. I mean, they did a lot of research on that. They proved 
they had video evidence of the of the fraud of people coming in and just literally just dumping just piles of ballots into the ballot box and they had video evidence yet none of those people that were involved in that I mean we had them right there on video none of the as far as I'm aware not a single one of those people was ever arrested what they were doing was illegal mm. <clears throat> so to say that there was no fraud you know and then what about what about the obvious thing too I mean I like like a lot of you I was sitting there in my living room, watching the excitedly watching the election results on that on election night, and I saw how it, like around 10 p.m., they just decide to stop counting the votes. It's like what, what, what's going on here? And then you hear about somebody talking about some ridiculous excuse. Well, you know, we had to stop counting votes because there was a water main break. A water main break. How would a, mo- a water main? Surf- how would a water main break? Out on the street, because that's where the water main is. The water main's not in the building. Water mains are out on the street. Okay, so what? You got some flooding out on the street. How does that prevent you from continuing to do your job and counting the votes? I mean, come on. Think. People don't ask questions anymore. They had to find more votes. You're right, because, oh, my gosh, this isn't working out for us, because we got to find more, so we got to stop this. And, they, and then, so, so, so they stopped this, and then, and then somebody came out with some, some ridiculous excuse. They changed the story on the water main break to, it, it was basically a, bro, a broken urinal. That's like, what? It made more I, sense. It's like, okay, you're, can't you go take a leak out on the side of the building somewhere? Why are you concerned about a broken urinal? I mean, Really? And and then magically in the morning, when the vote when the when the counting resumes, there's a lot more votes just instantly first thing in the morning. Well, I thought they count stopped counting the votes at ten o'clock the night before. How did more votes get it if they weren't counting them? Right. And then we see the video of them pulling yeah. boxes of ballots out from underneath the tables. And how many times did we actually see witness this ourselves here in New Mexico? Like when Yvette Harrell won, she was proclaimed the winner. That when we all fell asleep, she was the winner. And we woke up at eight o'clock. The sheriff found four suitcases of wasn't it four suitcases of something like four thousand votes uh, that had been uh, mailed in, but they hadn't been counted. So now, well, yeah, yeah. And and then and then remember the story about uh, the uh, apparently a bunch of ballots had been sent in by a truck uh, to to a, a ballot counting location and the truck was sent from another state, so they bring in ballots from another state in to be counted. How? What does that sound right? <laughs> Does that sound right? But there again, that fits into that whole thing about of us talking about just reality. So nobody even we have this alternate reality going on, and you have to be you have to accept it, or you're the problem. Right. So, well, that's why they gaslight us. They gaslight us to make us think. Well, well, if you don't believe that the election was the most fair and secure, beautiful election that ever could take place in the history of mankind, you're a conspiracy theorist. And you are being crazy and you don't belong on this platform. And that is why I think President Trump on the CNN stage, it was very good to see him clap back repeatedly every single time. She would say, well, the election was fair and there was no fraud whatsoever. And the president, he just continued to say the truth. And I think that is why he has such a commanding lead in the primary. And even in some of these polls, you can see he's beating uh, Biden by three, four points. And that is huge when he was trailing him by like 15 points months ago. So if you see that, if any any consolation as to what happened, that shows 
the fraud was real. The people believed the fraud was real. They saw it with their own eyes. And they're not going to be gaslighted by CNN or any of these people who claim these conspiracy theories that they made up, claiming the election was the most safe, secure election in the history of the world. And anyone who doesn't believe that is being a conspiracy theorist. But, Representative, th- think about this, though, too. Um, you didn't watch the, the, after the, the angry panel afterwards of fact-checkers, right? So, well, that was where the real excitement was. Well, that's where the gaslighting was. Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't when President oh, Trump yeah. was speaking, right? It's, it's because how many people did watch that afterwards? And that's just it's, – it's censorship after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. They'll let him speak, but they're going to censor what he has to say by calling it conspiracy theories and these types of things. And that's such a problem in the, in the legacy media. I don't know how you, you – you really can't beat them at their own game. And it is having an effect on a lot of voters around the country. There are plenty of people all right, stolen or not, there were still a whole lot of people that voted for Joe Biden. Right? Way Which too is many sad. should. And right? And so if it's just President Trump speaking and the interview and that's all they see and they see it unfiltered and unedited, great. Then it then it's having the desired effect. But then they're censoring after the fact. I mean you look at what happened with Tucker Carlson and Fox News. It's clearly another example. ABC with RFK Jr. It's it, one after another. They will continue to censor and gaslight. And I don't know how we really get honest and fair elections and we have honest and fair media until we build some, some alternate systems. Like what Beck is doing here is, is exactly what we have to do. What you're trying to do in Santa Fe, um, I, will, I will make the pitch to you. We need blockchain voting in New Mexico. If you really want to get to the point where we have voter ID, we're going to have to build a new system that's, that's harder to hack. I don't, I don't know that any system is unhackable, but you're going to have to fix it. We're going to have to have alternate systems. Um, Matthias Desmet uh, is a guy that's written a book, The Psychology of Totalitarianism, recently. It's a great book, but it talks about the way that you beat totalitarianism, because that's what we're really talking about. When we say socialism, we say communism, it's totalitarianism that we're dealing with. And that's what they're trying to, to, to institute here in this country with stealing elections. I think you have to build alternate systems. This is an alternate system. We're doing this here yeah. today. That's why I'm happy to be here. We have to build alternate systems where people that are sane and really want to make a change can go to get together to actually drive this. That's where this is. I don't think you can fix the ballot ballot boxes. I think that's a broken system that they control. How are you ever going to fix that? They'll just continue to steal the elections. Well, you know, on that, uh, was there something else you wanted to say, Melanie? Well, one other thing about this idea of keeping it real, as it were, is that you have to become like a reality warrior, right? Yeah. That's so what I that, do. So that we, uh, because it can be easy to get confused. Up is down, right is left, in is out. That's what they're trying to do with everything. So, Which is prophesied in the Bible, by the way. So developing that really clear conviction and tracking with what is actually real and true and not getting swayed from it, no matter what somebody says, mm-hmm. becomes very, very important. It's like a radical act to know the difference between what's real and what is imagined. You know, did you uh, did you guys hear the announcement that uh, that Tucker Carlson made on Twitter the other day? Um, I'm not sure if everybody heard that. Not a lot of people are on Twitter. Um, I want, because it completely, totally pertains to what we've been mm-hmm. talking about, and I'm going to play that for everybody to listen to. Um, I've got it right here. So here we go. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have. 
But that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. I'm misleading you. And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters every day of the week, every week of the year. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really, and it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The true. last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. I thought that was a fantastic thing Absolutely. he did there. And it totally talks about what we're talking about. Yeah, the reason we have people testify, they, they swear an oath to tell the, whole, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. He's absolutely right. It, it, is, the sin, it, it is the lie of omission, right? It's, which is commission of a lie still. It's the whole truth. If yeah. you just don't tell half the truth, you're not actually telling the truth. No, true. Um, <clears throat> like the thing where they're, they're trying to say that it was a fair, that there was no, no fraud, no, right. no election, you know, it, that's why I think he, he shouldn't say it was a stolen election. He should go into probably use a little bit de better descriptor because they've already stolen the stolen election term. Okay, they've already stolen that. But there were mail-in ballots sent to wrong addresses. There were mail-in ballots sent to dead people's addresses. And we're, we're supposed to believe that a guy that did not run a campaign— <laughs> that literally hid in his basement for the entire campaign got a record number of votes, more votes than any presidential campaign in the history of the country. 
Well, again, we're going to come back to what we're saying. If they're uh, sending millions and millions of, of illegal aliens here with packages that they say they're going to vote Democrat, plus they're going to cheat for the U.S. citizens here that are voting and switch over to the Democrat votes and dead people. See how overwhelming it is? When when are we going to get an honest election? We're never going to get an honest election, ever, if we've ever got one, period. Not until you change the system. Right. If you, if you th- it, it's the Albert Einstein definition of insanity. We keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting somehow it's going to change. It's just never going to do it. It's, that's insane. You know, when Trump, I, I can't say he coined the phrase fake news because I believe somebody else had coined that phrase earlier, but he's the one that actually made it famous, <laughs> fake news. You know, I, it, it reminds me of something that they said when, when you know, of course, Caitlin was pushing him on the January 6th thing. And Trump made the made the comment that there were a lot of good people at that and there were a lot of good people there and there were a small number of people that caused the violence now <clears throat> there was there's a lot of evidence to show that there were undercover uh, FBI agents within that crowd um, that may have very well have been inciting that violence the agent provocateurs yeah and with all the stuff coming out against the FBI now, all the things that they've been up to, do we really trust the FBI anymore? I, no, they're, they're they've turned into a criminal organization. And what what I kind of wonder is how long have they been that way? Well, there, remember there was the whole uh, the Hoover or not Hoover documents, but the uh, yeah the Hoover documents. Remember they had the I watched I listened to a podcast not long ago where they mm-hmm. actually broke in and stole all those documents out of the building. Like they've been since we've had an FBI, they've been that way. Yeah, yeah, certainly at least since him. So, kind of along the lines of what Tucker Carlson was talking about, the, uh, remember the, uh, the, when Trump was talking about how he was urging Pelosi to, that she should bring in National Guard troops because there may be some problems and that they needed to be there. And so this panel of geniuses on CNN are claiming that that is false, that Nancy Pelosi does not have the authority to bring in troops. Now, I found an article on thehill.com which was trying to also make that statement, but tell me, from a lawyer standpoint, you tell me how, what you think about this. Okay, in my opinion, they contradicted themselves on this. A recent fact check by the Associated Press found that an assertion being made by members of the House Republican Conference that Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, was responsible for the January 6th attack on U.S. Capitol due to security reasons is not true. Oh, my gosh, we're already out of town, uh, out of time on this on this segment. OK, hang with me. I'm going to sure. I'm going to I'm going to have a cliffhanger here and I'll tell you what comes next after the break so don't go anywhere been wanting to do a podcast but don't have a studio we can produce your show here at freedom speak we can even do commercials and psas 
Your podcast here at Freedom Speak Studio would be complete with professional audio and video and we'll stream it to your favorite platform. All you have to do is show up and talk. We do the rest. For details, email us at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at perkinsprotectiontraining.com. Are you a small business with unique skills that believes it can bring value to Sandia or our other national labs and would like to grow your national lab contract portfolio? Then listen up. Working with any of the national labs can be overwhelming. From the lengthy terms to the bureaucratic red tape, it can feel like these labs don't want to work with small businesses. Nothing could be further from the truth. They want and need exceptional small businesses to be part of their supply chain. I can help you. My name is Asa Bortz Johnson, owner of Sandia Consulting Group. I spent 10 years as a subcontract manager at Sandia Labs and can help you navigate the bureaucracy. My central objectives are to increase your firm's probability of winning a contract, minimize your administrative burden, shorten the time frame from proposal to purchase order, and maximize your firm's profit. Give me a call at 505-362-3499 or go to my website at sandiaconsultinggroup.com. Schedule your no-cost meet and greet to discuss how Sandia Consulting Group can support your mission. Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Having a really awesome show today. Got uh, got lots of uh, got lots of guests with us today. We got uh, Blair Dunn, John Block, and my friend Melanie, which just kind of unexpectedly decided she wanted to be in the show. <laughs> I knew she couldn't help herself. <laughs> Anyway, if you're listening to the uh, to the replay on uh, KDAZ Radio, thank you for listening, and we also thank KDAZ for uh, for running the show on Saturdays. Uh, if you uh, want to be able to participate in the show and uh, call in and uh, have a conversation with us, you can do you can watch our live stream on Friday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon. I put that on Facebook, Twitter, and Rumble. And the easiest way to find that is just go to our website. You can go to our website for almost everything, uh, freedomspeaknm.com, and click on the Rumble link. And that's Friday mornings, Mountain Standard Time, 9 a.m. to noon. Also, if you want to send us your questions and comments, you can email us at becca, B-E-C-C-A, at freedomspeaknm.com. So uh, we're talking a little bit about this um, 
CNN town hall with Trump in it. There's just it a lot of conversation from these topics that were brought up that I wanted to talk about. And then, you know, we listened to the Tucker Carlson thing before the break on what he was talking about, which I think is very, very relevant to actually everything we've been talking about today. But anyway, before the break, I was talking about uh, how this thing where we heard about how Trump had been urging Pelosi that she should bring in the National Guard to the Capitol because there was going to be a huge crowd. And it's like, whether the crowd was expected to be uh, unruly or not, anytime you got a large crowd, we're talking like hundreds of thousands of people here, um, you need to bring in security just so to maintain order and make sure that you don't have troublemakers get things out of control. Um, but that didn't happen. And according to the geniuses on the uh, panel at CNN after the town hall, uh, Nancy Pelosi did not have the authority to do that. Now, and I watched, I, I read an article in thehill.com where they're trying to debunk the whole thing about Nancy Pelosi having the authority to do this. Now, I'm going to start over on this article because I think you're going to see that in my opinion, they, they actually contradicted themselves. Okay, so in thehill.com, they say, a recent fact check by the Associated Press found that an assertion being made by members of the House Republican Conference that Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, was responsible for the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol due to security reasons is not true. In the following statement they make, they say, as Speaker of the House... Pelosi did not direct the National Guard, the AP reported in its fact check. Further, as the Capitol came under attack, she and Senate Majority Leader called for military assistance, including the National Guard. Now, doesn't that sound like to you that Nancy Pelosi can call in the National Guard? Because they just got done saying that. They just got done saying that she did do that after the crap hit the fan. Right. Right? <clears throat> I think the legal term for that is clear as mud. Yeah, right. And it is it is contradictory. Whether or not she has the authority to order the National Guard to come there is one thing. Whether That's legal she, legal speak. Right, exactly. Yes. Right. So but she certainly did make the call. I can't imagine that the call was really honestly refused. Um, or if it was that if it was that real of a deal that she, that they would have refused her. Or that the president would have refused her if if he is the ultimate authority for the National Guard, which he is as the commander in chief. Yeah, she can't override him if he says no. But it doesn't sound like that. Like she really did. So she may not have caused January sixth, but she might have contributed to how it turned out. Yeah, I think that's a fair thing, and that's what they're trying to speak around right there. Yeah, and and for them to twist the words around, say, well, Nancy Pelosi doesn't have the authority to order. Maybe she don't have the authority to order the National Guard, but I guarantee, just like she did, if she was to request request the National Guard, they'd be there. Right. Which they were, after the fact. Right. So you know, I believe that, and a lot of people believe this, that what happened with the. Um, supposed insurrection, which I refuse to refer, refer to it as an insurrection, because if it was an insurrection, it was the worst insurrection in the history of the world. Okay, why would you show up for an insurrection unarmed? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, if right. you're going to have a real insurrection, everybody shows up armed, and it would have been a successful insurrection. Well, the last time we had an insurrection at the Capitol, that's what happened. They showed up armed, right? <laughs> this isn't the first time this has happened in that building. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, let's see what else. We, oh, okay. 
Trump stated that I hope we are going to have an honest, have honest elections, very honest elections. We should have voter ID, okay? And the Genius Panel, they responded by saying, we do have voter ID. <laughs> really? Where? Really? Where's the voter ID? It's like, you know, last time I went to vote in the state of New Mexico, there was no voter ID required. They took my word for it. They asked me who I was. That's like, oh, so you're just going to believe me? I'm just going to say who I am? Anybody could have showed up in my place that knew that I was on that list and said they were me, and they could have voted for me. That's right. They know your address, and they know who you are. That's all you got to do to verify. Yeah, that's why anytime I show up to vote at the polls, I have my driver's license, my my actual, my, my official driver's license, which proves who I am, and, I, and when they ask me who I am, I hand that to them. There we go. It's right there. Yep. You know? Everybody should be doing that. Yeah. But, but, you know, the Democrats come up with these ridiculous excuses, and, and, and I even read this thing on, 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 CNN, on CNN's website where it says here, there are several situations in which casting a ballot without showing an ID would be legal, specifically in the 15 states plus Washington, D.C., that rely on other forms of voter identification. In the rest of the states, okay, well, we're not saying that, you know, we're just saying voter ID, okay? It can be anything that proves your identity. But currently, that is not in place. A, an ID is not required. So uh, there's a distinction here that I think is worth talking about, right? So if you have – we're talking about voter da- – or in-person voting, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and voter ID for that is great. The problem I see, though, is that that doesn't really fix our problem. Of the voter fraud that is occurring – I don't think that that's the majority of it. I don't think that's really where our problem is. Our problem is mail-in ballots and you know absentee ballots are are where it's happening. I'm just I'll lay that out there. That's it. So how Blair, you, this is why mail-in ballots need to go away because you can't have a voter ID with mail-in ballots. You can. That's the alternate system we were talking about. Mm-hmm. You can and okay. you blockchain is a way to do that, right? You give everybody an independent key they have to identify who they are they have to provide some proof of in, of of who they are to the secretary of state they get a a a block blockchain key that allows them to then open their electronic ballot ballot you don't even have to put it through the mail mail yeah i agree we should probably do away with mail-in ballots yeah. but you could go to something else so that people that can't get to the polls in person are still allowed to vote and you can ensure who they are it's it's not, not a hard system to build there it's already built people have done it there's just no political will to put it in place. Representative Block, we need some help. Hey, John, you still with us? Did John leave? Did we lose him? I don't know. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, hold on. John, you still there? I'm here. Oh, there we are. I forgot to turn <laughs> the volume up on you. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Well, like, so what's what your thoughts on Blair that? Blair was saying... Well, like, what Blair was saying is correct. You know, it's, it's hard to get a fair election with these mail-in ballots, unfortunately. But we have, well, I put a bill forward in 2023 in the last legislative session that would put forward voter ID. And that included free government IDs to anyone who wants them if you want to vote. And it would ensure that there are provisions that you need to put your full social security number, things like that, on an absentee ballot, things that couldn't possibly be duplicated by anyone trying to harvest one's vote. And so I think 
that's a good first step. It died in its first committee. But, you know, some people in New Mexico actually are trying to do this. But like Blair was saying in the previous segment, we can't do this until we have the people in power to ensure that we can get free and fair elections. And the only way we do that is like President Trump says, we need to flood the polls. We need to make sure that every single Republican gets to vote in every single election. And we need to pound down their doors if necessary to make sure that they they cast the ballot for Republicans. Otherwise, there is no way to overcome the massive fraud that has taken over our state and our nation. And so, yeah, we need the governorship. We need the Supreme Court. We need the House and Senate. But most importantly and most powerfully, we need the governor. The governorship is important because if we have a bargaining chip, we say, well, I, I will veto anything that you put forward on my desk. I will veto every bill that you possibly want, even to fund the government, then there's our bargaining chip. That's where we can force them to do what we want. But we didn't win the governorship. Well, we may have, but maybe the fraud took over. And the well, person that was running didn't didn't you know, say anything about the fraud. So, and I, I, mean, I don't know if you can comment on this or not, John, but you know the the whole concept of us having a pre-primary, and I've, God, I've harped on this a couple of times, and I'm not, I'm not going to stop. Um, the whole concept of us supposedly having a pre-primary convention in this state, in which we go in as and we and and we're we're, we're electors and we go in and we vote for the people that are going to be in the primary, was a complete fraud in my opinion. Is because we go in there and we're under of the understanding we filled the room. I mean. Uh, People like me and other people in the in the patriot movement, we absolutely took that place over, and we wanted to make a difference. And we got in there. We overwhelmingly voted for John Block, or did I say no? Jay Block. You weren't running <laughs> for governor. Yeah. I get the t- I get the two names. I was not. No, you were not. <laughs> and I don't intend to. Either. <laughs> we're glad you are where you are. Uh, but we overwhelmingly voted for Jay Block to be uh, the the nominee. And what did they do? They come up and say that uh, um, Mark Ronchetti got in a, a record short amount of time, miraculously, without going out and knocking any doors, without him actually making any phone calls, had 7,000 signatures to be on the ballot. And therefore, they bypassed the, uh, the, the, the convention and inserted Mark Ronchetti as the nominee. So, so I, 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 I I'm sorry that made me mad. Well, I, look, the whole pre-primary yeah, convention at all. Hey, yeah, why, that, why have a convention? No, I agree. Right, like we should get rid of it. So we did the opposite. Like my dad decided at the last minute he was going to run for land commissioner again. We went out and collected six thousand signatures. We did that. Yeah, like, it is possible to do it. And in literally record time, we had that done. But he hadn't registered to be at convention. So even though we had collected enough signatures to bypass the primary convention, Maggie. Maggie ended up kicking him off of the off the primary ballot because we didn't go to convention. We should just get rid of conventions. There's no reason to have it. Even Democrats agree with that. Like they, well, they don't want to have the conventions are an archaic control system that we just need to get rid of. Well, if we're going to have a convention, well, honestly, then then the results of the convention should yeah. should should count. Sure, but why shouldn't the voters? Yeah, why, why shouldn't we just why let are the we voters, wasting time, right. money? Sorry, John. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, John. No, but why are we wasting time and money to have a convention when the hand-selected candidate by you-know-who, the swamp, gets the nomination anyway because they can pay for out-of-state door knockers to get these 
signatures for them. Look at a certain lieutenant governor candidate did the same thing, lost their butt. But at the end of the day, we need to make sure that we reel it in. And honestly, I believe people who are involved in the party and truly care about the party's stability should be the ones that make that determination. I don't think that uh, bamboozling people into voting for you in a primary because you have good name ID is a way to win. I honestly think maybe if we had a different candidate, we could have won. My opinion. I do, too. I think maybe we could have won if Jay Block would have actually been on the ballot. That's what I think. And not only that, and, and, and I'm going to say this again for those that haven't heard it. You know, we had a fantastic lieutenant governor candidate. He got completely shunned and ignored by Mark Ranchetti. Mark Ranchetti intentionally kept him out from being seen with him anywhere on the campaign trail. And if you know, if you and I called him on it at a recent meeting that that the Republican Party had, and it's like, uh, 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 you know, and it's like he got attacked by somebody else too for the same reason. And it's like, uh, why did you do that? Why would you not have? I mean, by the way, in case you don't know, um, Aunt Thornton is black. <laughs> 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 and he could have brought a block of voters to to that campaign. But again, why are we not just letting the voters actually pick? Like, why are we going through any sort of apparatus? Like, the, the, uh, the other side of this, the Democrat Party goes through this as well, mm-hmm. right? And it turns, the, instead of having somebody good, like Jeff, who still is aware, aware of, win the Democrat primary and have a good chance to have a better governor than what we got with the one we have right now. Yeah. Instead of that, it's the party apparatus, the upper echelon. It's those few that then select who gets to be on the ballot. That's the problem. If you actually let the people decide, I think it's a much better election. No, I th- I, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. You know, the thing is, is we knew, though, we, we, we saw the system and we thought, OK, this is the system. So we're going to beat them at their game. Mm. <laughs> but no, they already had plan B in mind. It's like, oh, right. it's like we show up in mass at the convention. We vote for the guy that we wanted to be running. And they, defe- and, and they, they bypass that too. And it's like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. sure. But it, it's, par- it's part of the party system, right? Like that's, that, that is the issue you have. For instance, ours is the opposite, right? So Mark, Mark bypasses the convention we bypassed the convention. You know who tossed my father off the ballot? A Democrat official. Because my dad had a better shot at beating the Democrat land commissioner than the Republican nominee that went through convention. So, of course, the Democrats. It's just a, it's a, it's a busted system we just need to get rid of. Just abolish the pre-primary system entirely and go on. And what's the likelihood of that happening Well, that's the political will in Santa Fe again, right? <laughs> it's what, what John and other good representatives out there can get accomplished. No, no, I agree. And you know, we can only accomplish anything by, by getting more people up there. And it's like this circular firing squad situation where, you know, we need more people, but the, the system's rigged. It's circular so something. I can tell you that system in order to, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we really just got to work harder. We need to get Eddie and Lee County and Chavez County out to vote. Even if we have to beg them on our hands and knees to get to the polls because their state is going to hell in a handbasket. And so, the, you know, whatever the party wants to do, honestly, I have never been a party person. I've never been like a, you know, a party till the end. And that's the way I got to Santa Fe. You know, I went against the party establishment because I took out their incumbent hand-selected person. And so we can do this, but it takes hard work. And we need people who have 
rate fundraising ability, quite frankly, and people who can truly get a message of the people out to the voters. And so we may have had one of those with our last gubernatorial nominee, the money, but we didn't have the electability factor, which is the only thing that really matters in the end. I'm not going to be excited to go to vote for someone I don't truly believe in. No, I hear you. I, I, I wasn't excited either. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I voted for him. I, I wasn't excited about it. And, and the reason is because, okay, this is the only chance I can see of us getting MLG out of there, you know. And I had people, you know, yeah, argue with I me saying, oh, well, he's I, I he, for the you guy. Know, yeah. You know, he he's 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 just a, a rhino and all this kind of stuff. I said maybe so, <laughs> you know. But but do you really want another four years of MLG? No, I don't. You know. Anyway, we got her anyway, and he and it's because, in my opinion, I think maybe he could have won, but he ran a terrible campaign. Awful, terrible. He uh, he 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 alienated people. He you know he alienated his lieutenant governor. Which hey, you're voting on the package here. Why aren't you presenting the package out there for people to see? I think it's a great package. Uh, Ant's a, Ant's a great guy. He's super intelligent. He's a good speaker, and he's even attra- an attractive guy. He dresses fantastic. I'm always complimenting him on that. I like his hats. Yep. But but you know so it would have done nothing but bring. Uh, more votes to his campaign. It would not have hurt his campaign. You know? Well, and we went through, Jeremy was another great candidate that was on the ballot this time yeah, as well. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't, he, very attractive in a whole bunch of ways and yeah. made no headway whatsoever in the state. Yeah. Right? So, and I, I really can't fault Jeremy as being a candidate that didn't work hard, that didn't, that didn't, that I couldn't stand with on just about every single issue, that was a very attractive candidate for attorney general and we still couldn't get it passed in the state so we've got to figure out some other ways other than just having good candidates that's that is john's right that's foremost is having somebody that we can all get behind running in these positions but you've got there's something else we're going to have to to flip in new mexico in order to really change how this goes i don't know the answer to that if i did we'd figured it out and we'd have had to be done now but it's going to take a lot well our system and and you know, because I got people that listen all over the country, and it's like it's it's not just New Mexico that we're talking about. This is a common problem throughout the country right now. It's like Democrats they stick together, and uh, they know how to get people elected. You know, and they know how to cheat too, in my opinion. But it's like regardless, they know how to stick together and get people elected. And Republicans, uh, we're all fighting amongst each other all the time. And and uh, we, you know we can't seem to. You know, just like and it and it's broken all the way down to the to the local level. It's broken all the way down to the precinct level. I know because I'm involved in my precinct and and and, and the county. And it's like you know we had that crap show of a meeting recently with the Republican Party of Bernalillo County, and and it was a joke. And uh, we have leadership there that is the same leadership that we've had for a long time, and apparently. Uh, uh, at least two-thirds of the people in the membership uh, want to keep the same leadership that's successfully lost for us in the last couple elections. There, you know, a, so, you know, you've got that mentality. But there's a mentality amongst Republicans that I will say is that the Democrats have – I'm sorry, yeah. I wasn't supposed to say that, but yeah, okay. but, that's, but, but, that's, but, but they don't, right? You're, we're going to watch an election – look, Biden is assuming that they actually let him run. Right, which I'm not convinced that they're going to let him actually be the guy. 
they're going to have this internal fight. You're going to have people like Robert F. Kennedy. You're going to have people like Michelle Obama suddenly show up. It's going to be a whole other thing. Well, hold on gonna- a second. John, you got to go? Okay. I do, unfortunately, but it's been so great to talk with you guys. And, you know, you're really on a right, the right way that you're talking right now. And, yeah, we need to fix our party and we need to fix our country. And I think we can do that if we harness the will of the people. So thanks again, guys. Thanks Appreciate for joining it. us, John. Keep up the good work. I will. You too. Okay. Uh-huh. You Bye-bye. too. Bye. Okay, good. Well, Blair with your so thought. I was using the presidential one, but you know that we went. The Democrats went through this fight to get to Michelle, right? Like there's dysfunction internal and infighting, and they are not. They don't hang together as much as Republicans think they do. There's a lot of division at at, at the upper levels of the Democrat Party, at the state up upper levels of the Democrat Party. It goes on. This idea that that somehow that they have it together. No, but we have to exercise those divisions in their and and their party as well and you have to get good people running in both parties that's i think what it really comes down to and you have to really work to get people engaged because not everybody's going to agree with you on issues that's this there are plenty of good democrats out there that that are you know moderate conservative democrats that are going to stay with that party we need to be able to help those people get to having good candidates that they can support in that party as well because if you bring up the level of candidates in both parties the chances of getting somebody good in office are much better, rather than always racing to the common or the most extreme denominator in every time, every election. So I think you're going to make some people angry with that statement, well, Blair. I, I might. But I, <laughs> but, look, I say what I what but, I think and what I believe. But you know, I I understand where you're coming from on that. And you know, a statement I've made um, some time back when I was talking about how I can remember many years ago that uh, there wasn't this huge divide between the Republican Democrat. Party. Party. There were good candidates on both sides, and here for a while now we haven't seen that. We've seen we've seen terrible candidates on the other side, people that are just outright fascist socialists uh, running and just towing the party line, which that appears to be the party line right now. But I would love to see some moderate people infiltrate that party. I really would. Well, look, we just got done having this discussion about J. Block versus Mark Ronchetti. Uh huh. Right. So to say that the Republican Party doesn't put up bad candidates as well is not true. Right. Like the Republican Party is just as prone to putting up candidates that have no chance of winning, that are Republican in name only. Right. Uh, We've had governor candidates in recent history, not just Mark, that others that that's a that's a a credible criticism is that they don't really believe the principles of the party. And as long as you're, it's this idea that the other side is completely bad and we're completely good, you're never going to get anywhere because you're not going to have good candidates on either side. You're going to have candidates that are something other than the best that you can come up with. That's, that's just where I am on it. So. so I have a question for Blair. Yeah. We talked about it on the break. Um, so we're talking about parallel systems, right? That's mm-hmm. a thing I'm going to be working on. That That's a big thing these days. Becca's going to be helping me mm-hmm. with. I'm starting a podcast about that. So how do you see a parallel system when it comes to the government? Even just in the state of New Mexico, if we think that this two-party system is broken and there's all this corruption... Now, I'm not expecting you to wave your magic, whatever it is, and say, Bush, all, here's all we have to do. But it would be interesting to start to hear your thoughts about what could work. So I, the reason I bring up blockchain voting, I think in order to actually effectuate the change in the government, you're going to have to fix elections because you, you'll never get the people in there. 
you can build an alternate system where you, you it, but that takes a whole lot of money it, to do it within the existing system, right? So if I wanted to run a slate of candidates for Supreme Court and governor, attorney general, and legislative races, you're talking easily a $20 million endeavor in New Mexico to really set up and do that. And you can go find a series of candidates through the middle that are independents, but you have to put a message out at a level that is the, where you can drown out the mainstream media. And that's the cost that's so hard to overcome. You can run independent candidates that are, will build an alternate system that is not driven by the party system, mm -hmm. but they have to have an enormous amount of resources. And that's what's really hard to come up with. Um, so I think you have to change how we do elections and you let people understand more about the candidates. It, it, like, for instance, Amazon, right? So it's a, it's a te technological disruptor. Imagine if we had something like open source voting hmm. where people could get on, they, they're incentivized to participate in the process. They get on, and have you ever been on iSideWith.com? I have not. I'll have to check it Check out, out iSideWith.com. So what it does is it takes all of the candidates' positions – they do presidents, they do senators, they do mainly federal offices. Mm -hmm. um, but you get in there and you, the person puts in, they answer all the questions, and then it matches the candidate to them based upon their, yeah. their thing. Uh, so, for instance, uh, in 2016, I was running uh, Gary Johnson's uh, U.S. Senate campaign. I will tell you that every, in every election prior to that for president, every time I went to iSideWith.com and punched it in, Gary's 98% where I was. Mm -hmm. So I already kind of knew that Gary was where I was because we've, we've known each other a long time. Our families have known each other. But if you were to build a system where people could actually figure out who candidates are that reflect who they are and then get behind those candidates, I think you could, you could blow this up. And I think you're going to have to change the way we do <clears throat> politics. Okay, let's hold that thought because we're coming to the end of the segment. Uh, I want to I you know, wrap that that comment up at the at the third hour beginning of the third hour i also want to talk about how uh joe biden is wanting to put some more pressure on the airlines like they need pressure to to compensate people for late flights and things like that um crazy anyway lots more too uh you're listening to freedom speak with becca marie and stella don't go anywhere we'll be right back 